Yo, welcome back. Season two of Flagrant Foul live to air. Well, not really live to air because it's all pre-recorded, but fuck yes, we are back. I am so excited to get this shit started. I know everyone's a little bummed out because summer's over, but remember, when one door closes, another one usually opens. And that door, my friends, is the start of the NBA season. Let's get to it. So much to talk about. So little time. So let's dive right in. Arguably the biggest storyline going into this season is LeBron James and the LA Lakers. Every article I've read, every sports panel that I've listened to, Every YouTube clip that I've watched regarding basketball this offseason has centered around LeBron and the Lakers. Can LeBron lead these guys to the playoffs? Does LeBron have too many miles on his body? Is he too old? Is he still the king? You know, I, I listen to all this and I take it with a grain of salt. As a Raptors fan, you can never count any team with LeBron James out. I've learned that lesson the hard way, as has most of the fucking city. Okay? That being said, do I think these Lakers are going to the championship? Absolutely not. But anybody that's discounting the Lakers making the playoffs, and there are a few, there are a lot of people that are saying the Lakers may not even make the playoffs. Skip Bayless has them squeaking in as an eighth seed. I think that's bullshit. Any fucking team with LeBron James is going to go places. You can have LeBron and five G League players, which is essentially what the Cavs were last year, and that team is going to make moves. Now, granted, they're in the West, but the West is overstated. The, the, the difficulty of the West is overstated, in my opinion. Yeah, you have, you know, Houston, Golden State, obviously, as your top two teams, but after that, who's left? OKC, Utah, uh, Denver, the Lakers are right there. They're in that mix. It, they could very well finish as the third seed. I, I personally, I have them finishing four or five, but they could finish as high as three and sure as low as eight, but I, w- I would say between three to six. I think they're a shoe-in for the playoffs. There's there's no way you can discount a LeBron James-led team and say they're not making the playoffs. If, if you know basketball, you know LeBron is going to be in the playoffs. Just look at who he has. His point guard, the point guard position alone between Rondo and Lonzo is, is just fucking light years ahead of and just so much better than what he had last year in a, you know, a deteriorating George Hill. Then you look at all the other young guys, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Josh Hart. Those guys can ball. Those guys can fucking play. Brandon Ingram, in my opinion, is, is, is going to take another leap forward this year. I don't like him as a player. Um, I had him in fantasy a couple of years ago, and he just he didn't perform well as a number two pick. But I think with LeBron, he's going to take his game to the next level. Do I see the Lakers, you know, dominating throughout the regular season like most of LeBron's teams have done? No. But I do see them squeaking in. Sorry, not squeaking in. I do see them making the playoffs. And I don't care 
you know, if you're Golden State or if you're Minnesota, if you play LeBron James in the playoffs first round, you got to be a little scared. So with that being said, I think the Lakers are going to be just fine. I think LeBron is going to be LeBron. I think he's going to have an MVP type season. And I think he's, I, I, I think they're going to do really well. Let's, uh, let's shuffle out East for a second. The Raps, the fucking Toronto Raptors. I, I, I could spend hours, if not days, talking about how deep this team is. Danny Green even said today, this is the deepest team he has ever played on. And he has been on some deep teams that have won NBA championships. Let's put it this way. You take a 59-win team from last year, the second-best record in the NBA, and arguably the deepest team in the league last year. You take that team and you add Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, who in my opinion was the most underrated acquisition of the offseason. You add those two guys and you have created a perennial powerhouse. This team is fucking scary. From top to bottom, they are stacked. They're likely going to roll out a starting five of Lowry, Danny Green, uh, Kawhi, Serge, and JV. Or if they want to go slow, move Serge to the five. Sorry, if they want to go small, move Serge to the five. Put JV on the bench. Um, move OG into the starting five. And then, you know, you can switch OG and Kawhi between the three and the four. That's insane. As a basketball fan, you have to be salivating at the thought of that. The, the, the interchangeability of this Toronto Raptors squad is insane. It's, it's blowing my mind. They are just so deep. Fred, DeLon, Lowry at the point. The wings, you have Danny Green, CJ Miles, Norm, OG, Kawhi. Then you go to your bigs. You know, you have uh, JV, Ibaka, Greg Monroe. This team is built for success. And I know the haters, the naysayers, everybody's going to come in and say, oh, you say that every fucking year. Oh, you know, the reps. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. LeBron, who was, you know, who, who owned the Raptors, who fathered the Raptors basically every fucking year, is gone. He's now in the West. DeMar... Our, our star, I love DeMar, was a great player, uh, is a great player, was a great Raptor, but he didn't show up in the playoffs. He's now gone. You've replaced him with Kawhi. This is a totally different team. Casey's gone. You have Nick Nurse in play. I genuinely think the Raps are going to the finals. This isn't me just being a homer a little bit. You know, obviously there's a little bit of bias there, but the East is not that strong. Between Toronto, Boston, Philly's in, you know, they're, they're kind of a tier below. But between Toronto and Boston, either one of those two, two teams can make the finals. And with LeBron gone, it's, it's, you know, the Raps really have a chance here. And it brings a tear to my eye knowing that the Raptors are legitimately, legitimately playing for a shot at the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Keeping it in the East for a second, the only other relevant headline going into the season has to do with the Boston Celtics. 
I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to have a monster season. He's going to be in the MVP discussion. Victor Oladipo and the Pacers, uh, they're going to take another step forward, I think. Philly, obviously, with Embiid and Ben Simmons, they're going to be very good. But those three teams, in my opinion, are kind of in that second tier of teams. You know, the, the teams that are that are getting it, they're almost there. They're knocking on the door, but they're not quite ready yet. They're not the Raptors and they're not the Celtics. To me, the Raps and the Celtics are 1A and 1B. Do I think the Raptors are better than the Celtics? Yes. Is that because I'm a Raptors fan? Yes. If you're looking at it from a uh, non-biased perspective, from an unbiased perspective, you could go either way. A lot of the articles I've read, a lot of the interviews I've watched have, you know, they're split. A lot of, some people are saying Celtics are going to win the East. Some people are saying the Raps are going to win the East. The only advantage I would give the Celtics is that they had a year with the majority of the same guys to coexist. Yes, there's going to be pressure on Hayward to come back. Is he going to regain form? Is he going to be that same player that he was in Utah? Uh, similar to Kyrie. Kyrie was there for most of the season, but he wasn't available in the playoffs. Are they all going to be able to click? Are there going to be enough minutes? Is Brad Stevens going to be able to handle Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward on the wings? How is he going to you know, divvy up those minutes? Terry Rozier. I think they'll figure it out. Like I said, they are a very, very good team. They're just as deep as the Raps, just as interchangeable. The only kink in their armor, I would say, are their big men. They have Al Horford and Aaron Baines. Beyond that, I, I can't even think of another big guy they have. But maybe Marcus Morris, but he's more of a stretch. If we're talking you know, big bigs, they only have those two guys. And Al Horford isn't really that comfortable playing the center. So, you know, when it comes playoff time and they're going to be up against bigger guys like Joel Embiid in Philly, Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee, JV on Toronto, I think they're going to struggle a bit. That being said, I don't see the Celtics falling below two. I think the Raps and the Celtics are going to be jockeying uh, for first seed all season. And I think that there's going to be a dark line underneath the top two seeds, meaning that after the Raps and the Celtics, the quality of talent in terms of teams in the East drops drastically. Okay. Going back out West, the West is going to be interesting. Uh, we, we've already talked about LeBron and the Lakers. Who else, who, who else is out there? Obviously, we have the Warriors. You know, the Warriors are looking to three-peat. Do I think they're going to three-peat? Yes. They have fucking DeMarcus Cousins. You add DeMarcus Cousins to Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant, and short of the U.S. Olympic team, nobody's fucking beating you. There's just no chance. I don't care if Cousins rests half the year. I don't care if he rests the entire year and comes back for playoffs. That's, that's the only time they need him. If they roll out those five guys during playoffs, it's, it's not happening. There's, there's just no chance for anybody else in the entire association. Might as well just give them the rings now. 
The rest of the West is kind of murky. I mentioned that LeBron and LA, I, I think the Lakers could fall anywhere between three to six. But then look at the other teams. You have OKC, you have Utah, you have Denver, you have Minnesota. Oh, fuck Minnesota. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll touch on that in a second. But between those teams, none of those teams is going to win the championship. None of those teams is going to be a top two seed, but they're going to make the West interesting. A lot more interesting than the East, that's for sure. Uh, With Minnesota especially, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but Minnesota is is a mess right now. And this wouldn't have been a storyline a couple months ago, but it has recently come uh, to the table that Jimmy Butler, you know, basically owns the Minnesota Timberwolves organization. He runs the show. He went into practice. He took the third stringers and beat up on Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Towns having just signed a five-year, $190 million contract. Whatever Butler's reasoning was to go in and make fun of, not even make fun of, basically bully and beat down the team's two highest paid players, whatever his reasoning was, uh, whether it was to get attention, whether it was, you know, to force Minnesota's hand, I think it's pretty funny. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you want to pick sides here, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Butler. I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. You have two of the highest paid players, paid players in the league in Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins has been, has been abysmal. He's been shit. For the past three years, he has essentially been the exact same fucking guy. There, there's, there's been no progress in his game whatsoever. Towns is, Towns is a stud. Don't get me wrong. Towns is a fucking stud. Doesn't play much defense, but he's a bitch. How are you going to let Jimmy Butler come in and, and, and run your show with the third stringers and then allegedly yell at you and say, how do you like being dunked on? He also yelled at the fucking GM and, and, and told him that uh, Jimmy Butler did and, and told him that, that he, he needs him. You fucking need me. That's what Butler said to the GM. I think it's fucking hilarious. Uh, it's an interesting storyline, like I said, that has picked up steam over the past few weeks. But in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of irrelevant because Jimmy Butler or no Jimmy Butler, the Minnesota Timberwolves are trash and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Predictions, 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 predictions. Okay, let's do this. One through eight in the East. Number one, Toronto. Number two, Boston. Number three, Philly. Number four, Milwaukee. Number five, Indiana. Number six, Washington. Number seven, Miami. Number eight, this was a toss-up between the Hornets and the Pistons. I'm going to give the nod to the Pistons because A, Blake Griffin, he is a former perennial all-star, and Dwayne Casey is a pretty good coach. Forget about his shortcomings in the playoffs. He's still a pretty good coach. Good enough to get the Pistons into the playoffs. And I just I don't see Charlotte doing anything, really, next year or going forward. I think they have a very bleak future. Beyond Kemba Walker, that roster is just 
disgusting. It's terrible. Um, okay, so one through eight, Toronto, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana, Washington, Miami, and Detroit. So let's move out west. Number one, this is going to come as a big shock, Golden State. There's, they're going to they're be number one. Number two, Houston. Number three, Utah. What? Utah? You fucking picked Utah? Yes, I picked Utah to finish third in the West, and I'll tell you why. They were the fifth seed last year, basically the fourth, because they almost had an identical record to OKC, who was the fourth. They beat OKC in the playoffs last year. Not only that, they're coming back with the same roster, a fully healthy Rudy Gobert, who says he's in the best shape of his life, uh, you know, reigning defensive player of the year. And I think Donovan Mitchell is going to take another leap forward. So yes, I have Utah as three, LA four, OKC five, Denver six, New Orleans seven, and eight. Eight to me is a toss-up between Minnesota and Portland. It all depends on Jimmy Butler. If Jimmy Butler ends up staying in Minnesota, they'll probably finish as the eighth seed. If Jimmy Butler's gone, the Wolves have no fucking shot at the playoffs, and I'm going to go with the Blazers. Uh, regardless, whether it's Minnesota, Minnesota, whether it's uh, Portland, uh, fuck, even if Memphis squeaks in as the eighth seed, it will not matter. They are going to get swept by Golden State. So, again, one through eight in the West, Golden State, Houston, Utah, LA, Lakers, OKC, Denver, New Orleans, and Portland, or Minnesota, pending Jimmy Butler. Those are my predictions for how the playoff rankings are going to play off, play out. In terms of awards, this is how I see shit breaking down. MVP, LeBron James. I think he's going to do some magical shit this year. He's going to take this band of misfits and lead them on a roller coaster ride straight to the playoffs. LeBron is my MVP. Defensive player of the year. Again, this might be a little bit of a bias opinion, but I'm going to go with Kawhi. I think he has a lot to fucking prove. I think he's also going to be in the MVP discussion, but he's he's not going to get that MVP because there's not really much you can do uh, in terms of a 59-win team uh, to take them to that next level, you know, short of them winning like 70 games. So I have uh, Kawhi is my defensive player of the year. Most improved player of the year, I'm going to go with Jamal Murray. I think the Nuggets are going to be nice this year. They're starting five of Murray, Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic. It's, it's, that's, that's a deadly starting five. So most improved, I'm going to go with Jamal Murray. Uh, Brandon Ingram is also in the discussion, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my guns and I'm going to say Murray. going keep it, to keep it Canadian. Um, what other awards we have here? Uh, Rookie of the year, Luka Doncic. He's a stud. If you've been watching the preseason at all, he can play point, either wing, and Rick Carlisle has him playing power forward sometimes. So, you know, this kid, he, he already played professionally in Europe, and I think he's, I think he's ready. I think he is NBA ready. Well, that's uh, pretty much a wrap for this week. Uh, stay tuned every week for another episode of Flagrant Foul. Peace.